Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! And the midweek fixtures kick off tonight. Hibs against Dundee. John Hartson is with us. And John, someone you know really well, Sean Maloney, is the hot favourite now to be the new manager of Hibs within 24 hours. Yeah, and I think it'd be a really good opportunity for Sean if uh, if Hibs were to go down that route. I think Sean Maloney is currently working <clears throat> with the number one FIFA ranking team in the world, which is Belgium, working closely alongside Thierry Henry and, uh, of course, the manager, Roberto Martinez. I've heard Hibs are searching for, I think there's several names in, in the in the running. Derek McInnes was eight years at Aberdeen. Will they go back to Neil Lennon, who was very successful at Hibs, obviously taking them back into the into the Scottish Premiership. Robbie Fowler has been, well, Robbie, I think, is probably more of a long sure. shot. I think mm-hmm. if you want a big name from down south, um, throw a lot of money at it, then... But I think it would be a fantastic first start for Sean, as, you know, going on, on his own as manager... So, you know, watch this space. None of us quite know. We're only reading what's going on in the press. But, uh, yeah, I think for Sean, he's uh, very knowledgeable about the game. We've seen him on television. He speaks ever so well. But, of course, you never know how well somebody is going to do until they get that opportunity. Yep. From Lukaku to Leith. And it doesn't quite go Stephen Craigan from that no. one of the great players to Leith. But it looks as though he'll be in the dugout at Hamden on Sunday. That's the news coming in this afternoon. It's been on the record online as well. His name, Sean Maloney, has been on the lips of a few clubs in recent weeks. It has been. And with every managerial appointment, there's a risk. I think giving someone their first job, it's such a high-profile job, is a bigger risk. Mm. You have to only look at Ben Kensel, the chief executive. He's making his first ever appointment mm. as chief executive. So it has to work or suddenly the tide turns on him a little bit. So, of course, there's a risk attached to it. No doubt about it whatsoever. Uh just because you work with Belgium doesn't mean to say you know the ins and outs. Having to go and pick a team and make substitutions and, and all the stuff goes along with managing a club in your own paw brings its own pressures. Mikel Arteta knows that. He did so well along with Pep Guardiola at Man City. He's doing okay at Arsenal as we see him there on the telly. He made a big call today. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is no longer the skipper. And at, I was going to say hybrid because I've been talking about it there, obviously, uh, at the Emirates. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Kieran Tierney? What do you think? Should it be the former Celtic star? Kieran Tierney is the new Arsenal captain. Is he ready for it? I'm going to ask a, an Arsenal legend in a moment or two, if I can find one. Yeah, I've got John Harson <laughs> here with us in the studio. 0808. Oh, he's a, he's a big lad to take on, isn't he? 0808 oh, oh, eight, 17 17 700. I'm more the height of Sean Maloney than uh, Romelu Lukaku or some of the great 
great strikers. John, a great striker with us. And who was the best captain you played alongside over the years? And Stephen, for you, you captained Motherwell in so many occasions as well, but any other captains you played alongside or for? And uh, also in football, who are the people you maybe look to? Who are the leaders on the pitch and how important is it now? And what do you reckon at home? Give us a call or on the way home from work I know many of us will now be working from home but give us a call we're here with you on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre I got the yellow card there from John Hartson no, for that one no, yeah so you're up for it <laughs> tasty because <laughs> these two are often on with Rob of course so I, I, I'm, I'm in uh, the new boy Listen, with you two tonight enough yeah. times together exactly. mate yeah. <laughs> Listen, you give it yeah. you've got to be able to take it at the end of the show that's all I'll say um, <laughs> what about the draws for Europe so Rangers obviously in the number two competition Celtic in the Conference League the, the number three uh, Stephen Borussia Dortmund coming to town we know Bellingham we know Elling Harland it's going to be a couple of great games come February it is you know naturally it's a step up you know because they're coming out of the Champions League Borussia Dortmund over the years have been a club who bring players in they make them better they sell them on for huge profits you only have to look Aubameyang's one for mm-hmm. example he's, he's played there as well Emery Chan has worked his way back to Borussia Dortmund. Alex Witzel is another one. So I think it's a real test. And as football players, you want to test yourself against the best. If Rangers harbour ambitions have been in the Champions League next year, which they absolutely do, then a test against the team from that competition, Paul, lets you know how far you've got to go. It whets the appetite of the players to think, I've got to improve. The manager knows then what he has to try and add to the squad if they want to get better and improve on. So over two games, it will be an absolutely brilliant tie. The players should embrace it look forward to the challenge rather than fear it because the one thing you'll know is when they come to Ibrox that place will be absolutely rocking mm. and the players have to try and take their game to another level it could also showcase themselves potentially for a bigger move if that's what they're looking for there's been lots of rumours around lots of players over ranges over the past six months to a year this will be a real test for them individually to see where they are GVB in charge John your old uh, captain and uh, yep. teammate Paul Lambert, he'll be busy as well, won't he? Because he's got that gold medal. He's got the European Champions League winner with Borussia Dortmund. Um, have you played in the Westphalen? Because Celtic did play them a few times over the years, played uh, Dortmund, but maybe just before your time. But it's a huge game for Rangers, isn't it? It is a huge game. It's a great draw. Yep. It's uh, Listen, I think whoever Rangers would have drawn, it would have been a full house at Ibrox. Yeah. Um, but no, Borussia Dortmund, don't know whether Haaland will be fit or not. Um, well, he's been playing, hasn't he? Yeah. Is he he's back, been, he's, he's back yeah. fit scoring goals. So it'd be great for the... I was with Ali McCoy yesterday and Ali was saying that it'd be fantastic for the Rangers fans, especially mm-hmm. the youngsters yep. in the crowd, just to see a superstar like uh, like yeah. Haaland. Um, but no, it'll be competitive. I think German opposition are always very strong. It's a fantastic stadium. Dortmund away yeah, to been, go and visit the mm. fans there makes so much noise. Um, it's a wonderful stadium, so um, a tough game, but I'm sure it's one that um, that, that Rangers are looking forward to. Here's Gianni uh, Van Bronckhorst speaking about Dortmund playing against the top side in Europe. It's a good forecast for us to be able to uh, play two good games against a quality uh, opponent. So in that way, it's for me, it's uh, it's a nice draw. You know, it's going to be really hard, but you want the challenges uh, in life and also in football to uh, compete with the best. So we have to be on top of our game. 
You know the stats, Stephen, and Erling Haaland is an amazing player. Yeah. He's only 21 Brilliant. years old. Brighton. I saw him playing for Northern Ireland, sorry, for Norway against Northern uh, oh, Ireland. Oh, you're just good. That's I know. wishful thinking. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, after watching them that night, I wished he'd played for Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, a year passed in September, they beat us 5-1 at Windsor Park. He scored two and set two up, and he was just so powerful. <clears> He's got power in his left foot when he hit the ball. I mean, he scored a goal and the goalkeeper didn't move. It was passing before he knew it. He's a strong runner. But what a recognised that night was he was a team player sometimes when you get goals uh, centre forward who loves scoring goals all they think is about themselves the two assists that he had he could have shot himself but a teammate was in a better position he rolled it into him the boy got a tap into the net so that tells me more about his mentality yes he wants to score goals and he will go on and make millions of pounds and he'll be one of the best players in the world but I think to have that humble side and that respectful side of teammates who are in better positions tells a lot about him John? Yeah he's a wonderful talent obviously still very young um, Dortmund have him at this moment in time they'll try and maximise what they can get for him when he eventually gets sold it's just a case of uh, when um, sort of not um, uh, he will get sold it's just a case mm. of when really I played against his dad Alvinger Harland yeah, for Leeds when he was at Leeds obviously that was down in London yeah. play West Ham Wimbledon whoever it was Um and it's probably good that he's got a dad yeah. who was a professional footballer. His dad was a, was a top player, played international level at Norway, played for Leeds, played for other clubs. But this kid is very, very special. And it's probably his dad as well, you know, could keep him, keep him grounded, if you like, because he's been there, seen it. If you know. mm -hmm. But uh, no, he's very sought after. It'll be interesting to see where he goes, who will take him eventually, whether it be City, whether it be he wants to stay in Germany with Bayern Munich, we don't know. But... Um, there's probably only three or four clubs. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Liverpool. Well, they've all got money now, but yeah. you look at the top Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Because he's going to be 100 million, at Actually, least. Well, more. More, exactly. Is he, is he yeah. better than Jack, Jack Grealish? Grealish? So, you, know, you, you, look at it, you look at it in them terms. Yeah. Um, uh, what, but, what do you say, John? Is he better than Jack Grealish? I think he's I, done more. I think he's done more for Dortmund than what... I know Grealish was outstanding for Aston Villa... Yeah. We've not quite seen it yet. He's been in and out. He's starting games, and I, I think Pep Guardiola is still trying to slowly get him into that Man City team in terms of where he plays at the minute. He's just off the left, um, where he can get, he can deliver, and he he can play down that left hand side with with Sinchenko. Um, but he can also drift inside as well. Yeah. Grealish is, gets a bit of a free run, really. Um, but for me, I think of Inga Haaland is just just ahead of him right now, I yeah. would say, yeah. That's, that, that's his yeah. dad. That's right, yeah. It's interesting you yeah. talk about it because John spoke about his dad playing for Leeds. He was born in Leeds, so he's a Leeds supporter. So when he played against Northern Ireland, Stuart Dallas, who I just saw on, on the TV yeah. there, Stuart plays for Leeds just yeah, now, he's a Northern Ireland national. And he actually went to Stuart after and said, can we swap jerseys? Brilliant. And he said marching on together. And that's what he said, the Leeds anthem and they swapped jerseys and Stuart Ellis was like, oh, right, wow. okay. Fantastic. You know, so, so it just shows yeah. that he doesn't forget his roots where he's from. He's not going to move in January though, is it? Because, <coughs> uh, you know, the neutrals will want to see him and many Rangers fans as well will want yeah. to be there and show their kids, the boys and girls, here you're seeing yeah. one of the, he could be one of the all-time great strikers. We, we don't know if he'll sure. move in January. We, you know, Would he not be a summer but, but move? Because, yeah, probably. because they're yeah. playing Rangers, they won't keep him because of that. No, I know. But probably he's a summer <laughs> move, isn't he? Rather than... Well, they still have a chance of winning the Bundesliga. Yeah. I know they're about sure. six or seven points yeah. behind Bam Munich well, yeah. however if they have ambitions yeah. I think I think he leaves in the summer I don't know the exact wording of his mm. contract but if he leaves in the, there's a set figure if he leaves in the summer and it all for, depends for as well a lot of, a lot of yep. teams that are pushing for something say Liverpool just feel they're a player short yeah. or Man City might just feel they're one player short 
can we just go that can we just provide the funds to get somebody out of their club to push us on to go and win that particular medal that they want this season that's the only reason it'll happen if he does move in January if you were Otherwise, a Rangers fan if you were a Rangers fan would you want him to go in January so that no, he doesn't abs- play absolutely not you want to go and see one of the best players yep. in the world okay. play yep. they're looking forward to to even you know welcome, welcoming him you know to Ibrox it's As big I time said, isn't it it'll yeah. be great for the kids to yeah. go and see somebody yeah, of, of his ilk yeah. Stephen yeah listen he's he's a talent that, that they might never get to see again because if he ends up at one of the top five or six clubs in the world and Rangers or Celtic, whoever it is, don't get themselves into the Champions League, often enough they may never get the chance to see him. So when he, when this kid comes along at 21 years of age, you want to go along and watch him, believe me. Because I, I, I think he's going to break all sorts of records. I think his records at Dortmund, it's almost a goal every game. More than at the moment. It, yep. More than a goal every yep. game. So it's incredible the record he has. And you can't coach someone to be a goal scorer. I think that's a natural thing within them. You can coach certain aspects of their game, but he's got that instinct that he's always around the box. He's looking for scraps. He always finds himself in the right area, and that's not by coincidence. I can remember Celtic drawing against uh, Barcelona away, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, David Marshall, yep. John Kennedy played. Games of their lives. This is yep. with John, and they stepped up. I think they drew nil-nil. David Marshall stopped everything. The likes of Xavi... Yep. Yep. Yes, it might have been Eto at the time. I'm not sure yeah. if Messi was even old enough at that mm-hmm. time. I think it was before he came bursting through. But sometimes against brilliant opposition, you know, you can just grow. You can just grow as a player. You know you're up against it. And you know you've got to be at your very best concentration. Everything you do, you have to do it perfect. And that particular night for them boys, you know, obviously John, God rest his soul, he... Um, he had that terrible injury, didn't he, yeah. which uh, was ruined his career. Yep. Um, but what what the centre half John was when he was younger, by the way, absolutely, he had John all the potential Kennedy. in the world, yep. John Kennedy. Yeah. And he always gave, he gave the money from his testimonial to charity, which yeah. we should you, yeah. know, you never forget. Yeah. It's going to be some game, both games, of course, Rangers uh, in Germany and then at Ibrox and Celtic in the Conference League. So it's the Norwegian champions that we didn't know that much about, mm-hmm. I don't think, but they came to prominence this year. They've just won the title again uh, last week. That's the end of their season. But, uh, well, Josie Mourinho knows all about them because 6-1 win against them and they drew with them as well. It's phenomenal. Um, Bodo Glimt. So that's a, a name that we're going to hear again. And Stephen, Celtic won't underestimate them. Let's see what the manager has to say about them. Yeah, about a very good team. Um, champions last couple of years, you look at the European group, they're undefeated, a couple of significant results. And and then you look at the conditions, you know, um, obviously um, going up there in February and, and the fact they got an artificial pitch, um, some fantastic challenges for us. Um, whoever we got, it was going to be exciting. You know, the first games here at Celtic Park, which I think will be uh, yeah, a big game for us. Um, hopefully by then I'm talking less about injuries and more about, you know, how, uh, how many players I have at my disposal and, um, and we, we have a fair crack at it. They're not going to take them lightly, John, are they? No, and rightly so. I think Andrew's just said there, the Norwegian champions the previous two seasons, um, it'll be a tough game. Hopefully they can they can take something over to Norway. He said there they play the first game uh, at Celtic Park. Yep. Um, and he respects them, and rightly so, because any team at this level, and you know, you hope to get through to the last 16 of this particular tournament, mm. because, OK... I thought Celtic were slightly unlucky in the Europa League. I thought defensively they let in far too many goals. They had opportunities to hold on. You think, you know, 2 0 up in Betis. They went ahead. They, they were like 2 1 up against Bayer Leverkusen with yep. half an hour to go. And just a little bit 
naivety defensively, but they went and won three games. Mm. They've gone out on nine, nine points. One of only two teams to um, go out. Absolutely. So a lot of teams went through over in the past and on eight. Mm. So they Can won. you name any of them on eight points? Newcastle. <laughs> well done. Newcastle went through on eight points. But um, as I said, they went and won three games, nah. um, but just probably left it slightly too late. Obviously, the Real sure. Betis game was... What uh, might happen, or what might help Celtic a little bit, is they'll be out of season. Yeah. Their season doesn't start until probably, what, probably March or April, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, they play the calendar a year, don't they? So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have to be back training. It's actually a great story. A, a boy called Greg Broughton, is a great, yeah, he used to be the academy director at Norwich and Luton. He's now the head of their academy. I think this guy's been there for two or three years and he was talking just about how they bring players through and how they want to... But, you know, be full of Norwegians and bring them through the academy and get them into first. And great story of how he took himself out of his comfort zone to a, con- to a town or it's miles away. A 16-hour drive to Oslo it is from Bodo Glimp. So it, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough fixture. No doubt about it. How many? But 16 hours Oof. drive. So mm. I think they fly sometimes two flights for an away game. Wow. So that shows you how far north it is. So John, John, John you'll have to leave soon. You better get over there. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave tomorrow, Paul. Go yeah. by boat. <laughs> yeah. We should have a diary here for you too because uh, Stephen Cregan, you're here, there and everywhere. In fact, you're on the road again tonight. We'll yep. talk about that in a minute or two. And John, we were on at the weekend uh, with uh, Davy Proven and Simon Donnelly and uh, Craig Moore and we saw you on on Celtic TV or on BT as well. Yeah, big day out yesterday. Was it a good one? I heard you mention Ali McCoy, yeah, Stavis, Simon, Alistair. Simon won, yeah. Simon was with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's so many programmes at the moment. He was on the programme the other day though. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good uh, did you have a good day out yesterday? The Lovely BT? day. I drove. Yes. I drove wow. through because I've had yeah. a few lunches um, and i got a couple of more to come. So the boys were there yesterday. Was the yeah, BT very story. responsible. Surprise yeah. Craig's wasn't there. He yeah. was obviously busy doing his prep for of summer. course I would imagine uh, I was prepping for tonight John yep yeah but uh, no it was good it was a nice I drove yeah. through and I drove back with a nice bite to eat and a nice little Christmas sort of get together through the with the makeup girls and the producers and the cameramen it was like all, all get together the bosses Brilliant. were there and it's nice to show face because they've been very good to me this year Sunset and Vine I've done every Saturday game almost you know so it was nice to show face and just show that appreciation this Christmas and everything. that's why I went good. but I stayed for a couple of hours and I drove back to Edinburgh then. Excellent. Good wee plug for them as well. We'll send the, the bill from the Go Radio football show with the taxi centre from the advertising department. Right, Joe is there with us tonight as well. 0808 17 17 700. Who's the greatest captain you've ever worked under, played alongside or observed in football? It could be one of the, one of the world captains, it could be somebody you played alongside or at home, what do you think? Great captains, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, go, go. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. We are motoring tonight in the company of the Welsh legend, John Hartson, and a Northern Ireland legend, 54 caps for Northern Ireland, Stephen Cragen. Between you, over 100 caps for your country. Must have been the proudest thing, Stephen, uh, playing for Northern yeah. Ireland. It was amazing. You know, I, I, I've been back to Northern Ireland, I've spoken to some young players who are coming through academies and trying to progress their careers. And, you know, that moment where you stand in front of your, your family and, and your anthem comes on and the fans are there, there's a real sense of 
you're playing for everyone in your local town and where you come from and people you went to school with, people who know you. So, wonderful time. Well, but many years ago, Paul. You mentioned my nephew, John, who was the Ulster. He was the yeah. man of the match, the Heineken man of he the match. Indeed. Big win for them in France at the weekend for yep. Ulster. And John has played for Ireland, but not enough times. And I think he partly, I don't know, but he could have played for Scotland as well because obviously my brother is Scottish mm -hmm. and he loves the Scottish anthem. He loves Flower of Scotland. Yeah. I went to see him two years ago at Murrayfield. He was on the pitch and he was proud to play for Ireland. But also, he said, Uncle Paul, Flower of Scotland is a bit special yeah. than we could do with a John well, Cooney. When I, when, yeah. I, when, I called, when I was Scum assistant half. manager yep. to Wales under Chris Coleman, we played Scotland yep. in, at Hamden. Yep. Gordon Strachan was manager. And I actually sang on the touchline, I sang this, the Welsh anthem uh -huh. and then I sang the, well, I sang the Scottish anthem first because right. obviously they were the home team. And then I sang the waiting first. I sang. Yeah, sure. I sang waiting first, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Waiting right. first. Give, give us, give us a, give well, us a blast then. Give us a line or two. <laughs> no, well, Go on. Yeah. <laughs> no, give us a flower of Scotland first then. No, okay. You can't throw it John, you can't throw it out there and then not sing. And then you'll do it in Welsh. Give us a, you'll do no, the Welsh because I know you've got the the Welsh language. Let, let but, me let me warm up my voice. <laughs> okay. I need another cup of tea or something. Right, we'll get another cup of tea for you, and you might sing the Welsh anthem. I mean, the Welsh can sing as well as play football. And but I want. Well. I sang yeah. both brilliant because I love yeah. both anthems and my wife of course my yeah. my, my kids were a lot two of them were born in, in Glasgow so I've got a bit of a mixture really have you got the Christmas present sorted out for oh, her sorted me you sure all yeah. sorted Good. Christmas I love Christmas he's on it yeah Stephen you sorted for Christmas yeah, all done. Yeah. all done ready to go you're, dri you're driving just waiting for the moment you're driving tonight but not driving home because no, you're uh, on duty tomorrow night indeed. in the Highlands I am indeed yeah. another good game to look forward to certainly going up to play Ross County and Ross County are in decent yeah. form. They got themselves off yeah. the bottom of the table at the weekend. I think under Malky, they're starting to now show a little bit of resilience. The quality st starting to shine through. There's no doubt playing Celtic is a huge step up. But maybe with Alexi Kyogo missing and Jota missing, uh, no centre forward, which they didn't have at the weekend, it might just give Ross County a wee chance. If Celtic, there was any kind of complacency or any eye on the cup final mm. on Sunday, Ross County have to be ready to capitalise. Every Celtic fan wants to know, are they going to see the star striker Furuhashi, Kyogo, here's the manager. You know, so I'm not sure. Like I said, he's he's not far off. Um, it just depends. It's a day-to-day -day thing. If he's ready to go, we'll play him. You know, if he's not, then we'll look to the following game. But I, I'd expect him to be back over, you know, at some point in the next week or so um, from the way he's improving at the moment. But again, there's always, you know, with these things, you, you're kind of relying on everything running smoothly and they don't always go that way. If he has a setback, that might put him back a little bit further. So, but he's, him and the medical team are working hard and we'll see what happens. John, I'm going to ask you what you think. Let's bring on, though, Callum, a Celtic fan is on. Callum, good evening. Good evening, guys. Um, I'm Hi, looking Callum. forward to, to the game tomorrow and, and, and the weekend, I have to say. Good, yeah, especially, well, I, yeah, you can't look too far forward. What do you feel about Kyogo? In fact, John, do you think he'll make the cup final? Well, it's obviously a strain and not a tear, because if it's a tear, it's three or four weeks. Um, so, Salik would have obviously got him um, a scan, and they've looked at how bad it is. For, for Ange to say he's expecting him back within the next week, it's clearly not that bad as a, a, a tear. You tear your hamstring, you're, you're out for almost a month. If you strain it, massage and you know, and things like this and stretch it, you can almost get back. Um, so it's not as bad as originally thought. Um, so if there's a chance, as Anne said, he'll, 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 be, he'll be guided by the medical staff. Um, of course, there's another six or seven games, I believe, in December. And of course, you've got the early game, 2nd of January. Mm. Um, so... And is spot on. The risk is playing him, starting him, 
and then he sprints down the line. Because yeah. let's not forget the type of player Kyogo is. He's explosive. One minute he's standing yeah. still and he's, poof, he's away. Yeah. Like a Ferrari. He's 1-70 to 70 in the first five seconds. He's there and he's off. So when you, know, when you have that type of explosive... Just in case anyone listening thinks he runs 70 mile an hour, he doesn't. That yeah. George, just John's analogy. Is, what I'm saying <laughs> is that's the reason why Craig's never pulled his hamstring. He yeah. wasn't quick enough. But <laughs> all I'm saying is, Paul... I was always yeah, that, John. That, yeah. that, that's the type of player he is. And, yeah. and like, right. do you risk him? Do you, sure. do you play him? Mm-hmm. It's a big game. But then you risk him then if he does. But if if the, he will be guided by the medical staff. Mm-hmm. That's good news though, Callum, that it's a strain and not a tear. That's hugely significant. Hugely significant, Paul. You're, you're spot on. And I actually think he will um, feature in, in the cup final. But I think Ange Postacoglu will really downplay it. And then when the teams are announced <clears> on that day, it'll give the fans in the stadium a lift. But I think... I think they'll downplay it going into the game just for a wee bit of mind games with him. So obviously with some of the uncertainty they've got at the moment as to get regards to who the next manager's going to be, is the new manager going to be in the dugout for that game, etc. Stephen, your sense of it, you know the media well as well as, uh, that, that's big news for Celtic. It's a strain, it's not a tear. No. Do you think he'll be back on Sunday? Well, it's interesting because over the past couple of weeks when he's been asked about Greg Taylor and Tom Rogic, mm-hmm. both incidents he said, well, they'll be back in a week or 10 days. And I think they played the next game, didn't they? You know, yeah. so uh, based on Ange's philosophy, he might even play tomorrow night, <laughs> you know, just yeah. by the way he's going around things. But I think you could clearly see in Sunday, Celtic were a different team without, not even just without a centre forward, without Kyogo. You know, they missed that dynamic player in behind. They couldn't play forward from midfield as often as what they'd like to because he's only on his bike. He's running down the side of centre half, so he's trying to stretch the game in behind. At times they had to play a couple of extra passes which allowed Motherwell then to regroup and get back behind the ball. And Turnbull and Rogic, they want to play forward. They want to play incisive passes. And when they turned, they thought there's no one to play to. So they had to play a square ball. So I think it's quite clear that if they can get him back for Sunday, listen, they're huge favourites anyway, but Hibbs might just think if he's not fit and he's not available, if they get a win tonight against Dundee, they should be in a better frame of mind. But if Kyogo's fit then, I think it certainly pushes it more towards Celtic. Callum, it looks as though Sean Maloney's going to be the new manager of Hibs. Gary Caldwell, the number two. We think it's going to be announced tomorrow. They've got the game tonight. Do you think that's going to be the kind of boost that Hibs needed? Because I think most people have been saying Celtic's name will be on the trophy, especially with Jack Roche, uh, you know, dismissed out the blue. I think Sean Maloney's an appointment that I'm excited to see. I think he talks incredibly well. Um, obviously, he's been doing a lot of media work up here and, and he, he, he's worked with some incredible coaches. You think of him working with Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan, Roberto Martinez uh, and others. So he's definitely the good grounded in the game as a player and in his early steps as a coach. How, how he'll respond to being a number one, of course, time will only tell, but... Mm. The big question I've got for that appointment, I'm interested to know what, what John and Craig think. Mm-hmm. Do you think he will go in the dugout for the cup final or do you think he'll maybe want to start on Monday? Because if you take over and go into that cup final and you lose maybe 3-1 or whatever it might be, uh, could be, sorry, um, is that something he wants to associate himself with right away or does mm-hmm. he want to come in with a clean slate on the Monday? The only thing I'd say about that, Callum, is this time a week ago or 10 days ago, Everybody on this show, all the callers, were thinking that Celtic would be playing Rangers in the cup final. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Van Bronckhurst, he came, he stood in the crowd. Sorry, he sat in his seat, you know, up in yeah. the stand. Um, so, listen, we, 
hindsight's a great thing. If he'd have gone in the dressing room, if he'd have acted as manager that day, it might well have been different. It might not. It might have been the same result. But um, I think if Sean Maloney is named manager by the weekend, uh, I know David Gray has been, mm. he's taken over tonight, David Gray, the ex-player there, of course. Um, cup, cup final hero. Absolutely. For the hips, yeah, 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 a hero. Um, if David Gray is there tonight, if Sean Maloney is announced by the weekend, I think he takes over. Mm. Why not? He's the manager by by the game. Mm. Um so, so that's how I see it. As I said, um, I don't think there's any need for him not to be in charge. Um, you know, because if he's manager, he's manager. He, he wants to take the credit for that cup win. Stephen, what would you do? Well, it, it depends when it's announced. I mean, if you're led to believe it could be the next 24 hours, then if he's appointed tomorrow, we can't really say, well, I'll start on Monday. You know, if he's appointed tomorrow, he'll want to get his feet under the table. You know, to counteract Callum's um, argument effectively, you know, what happens if he wins the cup? You know, as a manager, you don't take a job thinking, well, if we lose 3-1 or lose 4-0, then, you know, when would I want to start? You take the job thinking, we can win this. And look at the way they played against Rangers. Yeah, well, well they know the performance is there. Yeah. The problem has been getting it out on a consistent basis. So Sean Maloney's challenge will be, from tomorrow onwards or from, from Thursday onwards, will be to convince the players yeah. that they can beat Celtic on Sunday. Craig's is right. It all depends if he's announced between now and the weekend. If he is announced, if David Gray goes and gets a, you know, a good result tonight, I, I don't think that really matters. No. As harsh as that well, sounds on Gray. David Gray was in charge on Saturday as well, wasn't he? It's yeah. Sure. Of and he, he's fine about that. He didn't, he doesn't, didn't put himself forward. But that's for a hard it. one, Paul. Yeah. You know, if someone asks him, are you putting your name forward if he says ah, yes sure. I want the job of course, yeah. and he doesn't get it yeah. then you think oh. then the new manager coming in says well, well he wanted my do, job what do you think Callum do, do, do you think if Sean is announced he, he takes over I think if he's announced in the next 24 yeah. hours absolutely that's what I think he doesn't yeah. have a choice but if he's announced say early Friday morning or whatever then I wouldn't be surprised if he waits mm. until after the game because it's a catch 22 I know Stephen, you're saying if, if he wins the cup, but if he wins it, will he get the credit for it, given the fact that Jack Ross has got them to that final? Will people say, well, he's but, come in, it's a bit of momentum. Will he get the real credit he deserves, even if he wins it? Well, let's check the record book on Monday. Because if they win yeah. it, it will say the manager yeah. was Sean Maloney. Well, you said he would, you know, he'd be disappointed or he wouldn't want to be attached to a defeat. Well, surely if he's going to be attached to a defeat, then he's got to be there attached to a win. Yeah. <laughs> Callum, yeah. do you know what I mean? Callum, I remember a League Cup. Celtic won the League Cup while I was at the football club. I played in every single game, four or five games in the build-up, and then I missed a final. Dion Dublin came in and played in the final because I had a back injury. Oh, yeah. I didn't get a win. I didn't get a cup winner's medal. You're kidding? No, I didn't get a cup winner's medal. Wow. Yeah, because Dion got one because he played in well, the final. Well, cup finals because it was the same before the UEFA Cup final. You played all around, you didn't play the final, yeah. you were injured for that didn't as well, play the you? Final, John, no. did you ever say to him in football focus, hey, that medal should have been mine? <laughs> Maybe the next time, I'm going to watch no, out. But he's talking about taking yeah. credit and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. it sounded like one, wow. but it wasn't really. This Who was the manager? Gordon Strachan, was it? Strachan. Or, it was Strachan, Strachan yeah. Brought, brought Dion Dilvin up. Joe, let's get <laughs> Gordon Strachan on the line. Surely <laughs> another one for John Hartson, a great striker, because <laughs> yeah. we are going to come. Uh, Callum, great captains we're talking about. What about Kieran Tierney? Should he take over from Obama Yang at Arsenal? I think that would be a no-brainer. I know they've talked about maybe Martin Odegaard or yep. centre-half Gabriel, but for me, Tierney is the outstanding candidate. He's captain Scotland on a few occasions in the absence of Robertson. He, he did the same at Celtic when Scott Brown was injured, so for me, a no-brainer. He's a natural leader, and I think he's exactly the sort of character that Arsenal needs to lead them on that pitch. 
totally neutral view here from a Scot uh, proud about uh, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, I mean, you definitely think, you've, you've said already, John, yeah. he's a future I, captain. I, I think he's got leadership qualities. I think when he plays in the Arsenal team, yeah, he's had, he's been in and out. He's had a couple of niggly little yeah. injuries. Um, but when he plays, he, he plays with a desire. He plays with that <clears throat> winning... Um, he just got. He wants to win. He's got a winning mentality, and I think, as a captain, you haven't got to be a shouter and a hollow and a screamer. Just go and do your job. Be the best player. Get crosses in from Kieran point of view, and deliver for your set for your for your for your forward players. And as I said, he's got them leadership qualities. He showed it at Celtic, and I said within a week that he went to Arsenal. He'll be a future Arsenal captain if they keep him there that long. He's the type of player for me that'll get better and better. Maybe not right this moment in time because there's other candidates, but one day, certainly, Kieran Tini will, will be a, a future Arsenal captain, in my view. Stephen? Well, it's interesting because Simon Jordan said, you know, he won't get it because he's Scottish and he's a serial loser. That's paraphrasing, something yeah. like that. I think he's won 10 trophies. He's probably won more trophies than any other, other, other Arsenal player. So he's certainly equipped to go and be captain. The, you know, the issue with Kieran Tierney is he has a few injuries now and again and he, he doesn't play every week, mm. you know, so maybe that's in, in the thing. Granite Xhaka, 29 years of age, I think he's a Swiss captain as well, mm. so maybe he's looking for some someone like that, but no doubt John Sennett, he will be a captain somewhere along the line. Mm. Is it the intensity that he plays at Kieran Tierney? He goes for every ball, well, he plays on he? the edge. Yeah, he plays on the edge, he pushes his body to the limit every mm. game that he plays and sometimes your body breaks down when you keep pushing it Look what far. he did at the penalty the other week, remember? In the qualifiers. Yeah. Uh, one the of, the, did one so of well. the greatest... Yeah. Arsenal captains yes. of all right, time. Right, I'm going to ask you, John Hartson. Won the double. Yep. Double league and cup double for Arsenal. 1971, a Scotsman called Frank McClintock. Simon Jordan, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> I, I think John's called him out. Good, yeah. good. I can't wait to hear Simon Jordan's response tomorrow. I Joe, don't mind. Joe, there it is. Joe, let's <laughs> get Jim White in the, the line. Proof, Jim will enjoy this. The proof yeah. is exactly. Yeah. How can he say that Kieran <laughs> will never be a great... When he's Scottish, what a pile of nonsense yeah. that is. I think he was probably Watch trying to wind up, Jim, but I didn't hear it well, yet. he's wound me up, Paul. Oh, he has, yeah. Callum? <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, Simon Jordan's only saying that because he's got experience of being a serial loser himself. So oh! Definitely to John. Oh. Oh. And now welcome to the show, yeah. Callum Simon Jordan. <laughs> His lawyers are listening. Yeah, listen, he, he, if you give it out, you take it as well. Yeah. Um, I met him, I think I said that to you when he was up with Jim before the Rangers Celtic mm -hmm. game in September. I'll tell you what, he knows his stuff, Simon, yeah, doesn't Simon, he? But I think there's a bit of a wind-up there as yeah. well. But, but it brings attention to the game. Callum, right, tomorrow night, I know we've been talking about Cup Final on Sunday, Celtic against Hibs. What about tomorrow night? Dingwall, you know, 3-2 win for them at the weekend against Dundee. What, what are you looking for tomorrow night? What do you think is going to happen? I think it will be a, a cagey game because Stephen will always watch them um, an awful lot this season. They seem to have more steel to their game in the last four to six weeks, so I think it will be a tough task for Celtic. I think it will be a narrow win, but I do expect it to be a cagey game, especially under the lights up there, because they're certainly going to be up for it, as they always are under Malky Mackay at home. And for Sunday, I know it's a wee bit away. Let's uh, go back a little bit to that game yeah. tomorrow. James Forrest yeah. came off at the weekend as yes. well against Motherwell. Going to ask about that, I so worry. That, that could be a blow for Celtic. You know, mm. He was the hero in the semi-final against St. Johnson. Yep. Came, off the bench and, uh, came off the bench and scored mm. the winner. So the injuries are slightly mounting up. You look at a Yeti. Jack and Marcus, mm. um, you know, McCarthy yep. came off at the weekend as well. So 
the injuries are starting to mount up, you they know, at Celtic, which is a slight worry. John, you watch that voice because you've still to belt out the Welsh national anthem and uh, Flower of Scotland before <laughs> seven o'clock tonight here. An exclusive, another one in the Go Radio Football Show. Callum will maybe get your cup final. Is it uh, green ribbons in the cup? Is that what you're saying for Sunday? No, give us your prediction. I think Celtic will win the game. I think um, even if Sean Maloney comes in and, and you expect a bounce, I do expect Celtic to get the job done because, as I've said, I think Kyogo will play at the weekend. I wouldn't be shocked if he starts the cup final and that'll be a massive boost for all the Celtic fans in the stadium on that day as well. Cheers, Callum. Thanks for calling. Cheers, Callum. Cheers, Callum. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi Available exclusively to the taxi trade Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre from the heart of Glasgow Looking forward to, well, the breaking news that Sean Maloney looks as though he's going to be the new manager of Hibs Gary Caldwell to be the assistant probably it'll be announced after tonight's game so we'll probably hear tomorrow well a few moments ago the socials are going crazy because uh, John Hartson you were listening to Jim White this morning on Talk Sport no surprise there you often do uh, and quite rightly too Gary Marshall in one ear Jim in the other but Simon's uh, outraged you as you told us a few moments ago because he was talking about Kieran Tierney and will he take over from Obama Yang as the captain and I'm sure it was tongue in cheek but he was saying, oh, he's Scottish and uh, he doesn't have the track record or whatever. We've not got Simon. We've got the man himself, Jim White, on the line now. I've just called Jim. Jim, good evening. Paul, good evening to you. That man, Jordan, he's doing that again, is he? <laughs> oh, yes, here's John. Yeah. Good evening, mate. Hey, John, how are you? I'm very well, Jim. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good. good. You haven't it, fallen for it, John, have you? No, has. but you know what? You you don't know if Simon's. You know him a lot better than us, Jim. You work with him every day. I like Simon. No, we we had that day a couple of weeks ago, and I've known Simon for a while now. But today, yeah. I couldn't believe when he said about um, Kieran Tini, and then he, and then he, he sort of alluded to the fact that he was Scottish. Mm. Was what, Jim? Was Simon forgetting the great Frank McClintock, nineteen seventy-one, winning the league and cup double as a Scottish Arsenal captain? Yeah, exactly, John. You know Simon, as you said. You know you you know the man well. Yeah. Uh, as soon as somebody comes up and is spoken about favourably and is Scottish, mm. then Simon suddenly morphs into Edward Longshank. <laughs> uh, and, and you never know yeah. why it was coming. And let me tell you, John, down here, mm. um, it, there was a big reaction to it as well. And so many Arsenal fans are saying, we would have Kieran Tierney as our captain in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, you know, that tells you everything. And if anybody knows Arsenal fans, John Hartson, it's you. Oh, yeah. Is he going to get his place back regularly if he stays fit, Jim? I suppose that's the thing in the last uh, month or so. He's been in and out. He's had a couple of niggles. Yeah, I mean, I think so, Paul. You know, like like every manager, uh, Arteta, you know, wants he wants competition in every position. So he's got Kieran there, and he's got this guy Nuno Tavares there. But I mean, I think in an ideal world, Kieran Tierney would get the nod, and Kieran, one hundred percent fit, uh, would be the the chosen one. And it's interesting here, Paul. Today, it, it seems to come down to two players, uh, or maybe three, uh, to take over from Obama Yang as captain, Kieran Tierney. Granite Xhaka mm. or Aaron Ramsdale. I don't know what you thought yeah. of that, John. Well, a little bit of surprise, Jim, because I thought maybe, you know, Gabriel maybe being the centre-back. Um, mm. Aaron Ramsdale is, is very new to the club, hasn't he? I know he's come for 30, 30 million, which is an awful lot for a goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. And then you've you've got the likes so of I'm not sure about Xhaka. He's done it before, um, and he's going to go back to Granite Xhaka now if he if he makes Xhaka. Uh, captain again. He initially took it off him to make Aubameyang the captain. So I don't know whether yeah. you, you can go back. I don't know that one. Maybe he'll go down. Um, well, Stephen Craigan's with us as well. And Stephen, you think Jacka? Well, just because of his international experience, yeah. uh, you know. And sometimes if you're used to dealing with that pressure and that focus that comes on you, it's interesting as you look at the the Arsenal back four. And I think Arteta said a couple of weeks ago that it's a back four that if they can stay together for the next five or six years they will be top class. I mean, they're still young men. Gabriel's only 23. Ben White, who has spent £50 million on, is 24. Mm. Tommy Asu's mm. 23. Kieran Tini's 24. So if you keep that back four together, you know, you think of the Arsenal back four from years gone past, Nigel Winterburn, Steve Bowl, Tony Adams uh, and Lee Dixon, you know, the bedrock of success for Arsenal. That's what uh, Mikel Arteta wants to build. So once Kieran Tini's fit and fresh and available as he always is, then, uh, you know, he'll certainly play at left back. But future captain, absolutely. Mm. Jim, you were trying to rest there for tomorrow morning's show. John was telling us that uh, I'll be on with Crofty and Grado on the football. And John, you're going to be on. Luke's been on from TalkSport. You're on yeah, breakfast tomorrow, yeah, I think. Yeah, just sent me a message to say that um, Koshti's yeah. on tomorrow with Ray Parler. And they, yeah. want, they, want, they want five minutes with me, Jim, uh, with regards to Arsenal playing West Ham what? tomorrow evening. Great game. Uh, oh, obviously, yeah. played play for both clubs. So, um I might yeah, just take yeah. him up on that one. Yeah, I might just have ten minutes with the with the guys yeah. in the morning. Laura yeah, Woods on as well, of course. Yep. No, nobody better than you, John, for that. I mean, it's interesting. This has made big news down here, John, about Aubameyang. I mean, mm. not only has he stripped him of the captaincy, but as you know, uh, he will not feature against West Ham. Uh, uh, you know, in, in in the match tomorrow. So, I mean, he has not hung around Arteta to say the least of it. He's really come in hard on Aubameyang, and many Arsenal fans now are saying down here, John, that's it. The game's up from his, or as as good as up, and that he could go in the next window if there's a buyer. Jim, before you go, what about Rangers in Europe, Celtic as well? So Rangers, Borussia Dortmund, obviously all the chat about uh, Jude Bellingham coming to town, and of course uh, Erling Haaland. We're looking forward to it in February. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's an incredible draw. That uh, to be honest, Paul. I mean, Jude Bellingham. I remember, Paul, not far from where I live, I, I was yeah. down at uh, Bermondsey at Millwall. Millwall were playing Birmingham uh, before he got his move. And Jude Bellingham that night, honest to God, he was unbelievable, Paul. What a player. No wonder Bruce Dortmund and a host of other clubs uh, came in for Jude Bellingham. He was absolutely outstanding. So, I mean, if Rangers <clears> can find a way of stopping Bellingham, they, they, they might have a chance. But, of course, up front, Haaland as well. I mean, it's it's an awesome proposition for Rangers. It might just be beyond them, but who knows? I mean, it, it's not gone unnoticed in this part of the world that Van Bronckhorst has made a very, very positive start to life at Rangers, Paul. Well, he has. He's uh, six games undefeated. Uh, Celtic also doing well, Jim, as you know, four points in it. I think we've got a title race this year. In Europe, Celtic up against the Norwegian champions, Bodo Glimt. Mm. We don't know them so well, but Jose Mourinho certainly does. Oh yeah, Josie had a nightmare there with them, didn't he? I mean, uh, they hit them for six, and uh, you know, to be honest, that that's that's in shortwaves throughout Europe. I mean, nobody could have seen that coming. I watched a bit of Roma last night uh, playing Spezia on the telly, and they they look pretty good. So they blow hot and cold, Roma. But certainly on that occasion, Bodo glimpsed absolutely uh, gave them a, a lesson. But I, I don't know, Paul. I would think Celtic seem to be going places with Postacoglu, and I think Celtic look good for it. I would say he's been excellent, Jim. And Postacoglu, you know, when you think when he came in at the start of the season, um, I think what he's done more than anything else, he's 
he's he's united the crowd. You know, he, he's give Celtic that sort of that. Um, everybody's getting yeah. behind him. He's got the crowd eating out of his hand at the minute. Every decision that he makes, um, the crowd are behind him. And when you when you get that feeling off the supporters as a manager, that'll give you huge confidence to think that every single decision you make the crowd respect and they get behind it because they know how difficult a job that he had at the start of the season. That, that's right, John. I remember mm. during the Euros, I spoke to Kevin Muscat and uh, mm. we knew nothing about Postecoglou, but Kevin knew him inside out and he said, you give this guy time, he will settle. And of course, it pained Muscat to say it yeah. uh, that Celtic mm-hmm. would do well with uh, Postecoglou, mm-hmm. but I think in the longer run, they will. And now he's bedded in, they're beginning to look good under him. Well, we get Craig Moore on the Go yep. Radio show, Jim, here with us quite a lot. And Craig's the same. He knows Ange Postecoglou very well. Good friends with Kevin Muscat. And Craig was full of praise also, you know, um, for Ange when he comes on here all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim, we're going to head for the news shortly. In the second hour, if you tune in from London, John Hartson, we were talking about uh, the Welsh anthem and uh, the pride <laughs> oh, in that oh. and Flora Scotland. So in the oh, second yeah. hour... You're worse than Jim, you absolutely, are. Like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning from the master. But John Hartson <laughs> is going to sing a bit of Flora Scotland and also oh. the Welsh anthem between now and seven. We're looking oh, forward Paul, to it. Paul, listen up. <laughs> I'll, I'll tune in for that. I was listening with, with great interest to the road report, Paul. Yes. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, I know where that is. Oh, yeah. Cowcaddens and all the rest. I was hoping it was in there for you. We used to stagger down, I mean, head down from (laughs) Cowcaddens. Right, that wasn't I, me, Paul. That definitely wasn't me. No, indeed. And the final thing, obviously, Man United to Brentford, the game is off. COVID, we've not mentioned it during the programme so far, but we hope everyone mm. stays safe. There's more and more cases. We have to be careful. Get the jab. I see Stephen Jarb was quoted as saying he doesn't think he'd sign somebody if he didn't get the jabs. Um, I was reading that today, Jim, but uh, hopefully you stay safe and hopefully we can keep football going because it's people love it, don't they? We need the game. Oh, but uh, Paul, the very thought of uh, this coming round again and the very thought of fans not getting into stadia around the country, uh, it brings you to a shuddering halt. Let, let's hope that it doesn't come to that. We've been through all that. We don't want to go through that again. No. John, Absolutely give right. us a wee bit of flower Scotland just for Jim. We'll do the Welsh one later. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll oh, go up to oh. six o'clock. Here we go. Are we doing, doing it yeah. now, eh? Yeah, do it for Jim. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Oh, flower of Scotland. When will when we will see we your like again? again? They fought <laughs> and died <laughs> for your wee bit hill and glen and stood against him. Proud Edward me and sent him homeward to think again. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, Jimbo. Well, complaints from the neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Londoners. They want me out. I need a cup of tea, Jim. So my voice out. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, go, go. We'll bring you the team soon for Hibs against Dundee tonight. Hibs got the cup final on Sunday. Dundee looking for points big time after losing at Ross County at the weekend. And then we're previewing tomorrow. We'll hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Rangers against St. Johnson tomorrow. Hard to believe that that's top against bottom. Not hard that Rangers at the top. St. Johnson, double cup winners in 2021, Stephen Cragen, and bottom at the table at the moment. Surely a temporary position. 
Well, it's amazing how football can change very quickly. Callum Davidson's main issue is his players can't score goals. They've scored nine goals in their last, uh, sorry, in their, in their 16 league games. They've scored three in their last nine. So what that does, it puts a, an awful lot of pressure on your back four, your defensive side of the game. However, if that resilience is broken, you almost think to yourself as a player, we're not going to score today just because it doesn't keep coming round. So he needs a response. The last place you want to be going is the team who's top of the table. That's the last thing Callum Davis will want. However, I think the last time they went to Ibrox was the Scottish Cup quarter-final last year. Mm. His team managed to win in penalties. So if there's good memories there. You try and feed players good memories of times they've been to a stadium previously. So he'll be hoping for a big result, but Rangers, unfortunately, have got their own agenda. John Hartson, just before the news, was singing Flower of Scotland. The socials have gone crazy at the Go Football Show. You were on there with Stephen and Jim White, who joined us from uh, down south. Uh, and Stephen, you, you can see there one of the messages yeah. from a uh, uh, former Celtic and a West Ham United there great, and St Mirren. Frank McAvenny said he used to like that song as well. That anthem, he's now changed his mind. The Scottish people are wanting their anthem changed after Big John tore the shreds. John, that was brilliant you did it. Honestly, oh, the, the well. lines have lit up here on the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for making the switch. Over a million downloads. We're the new kids in town. 0808 17 17 700. Keep them off the radio. Yeah, no. John Hartson is with as one of the all-time great strikers who we well we all saw here in Scottish football at Celtic could have gone to Rangers went to Celtic and the Martin O'Neill years are in the history books now Stephen Cragen 54 caps with Northern Ireland a motherwell great in fact you were uh, inducted into Hall of Fame I saw quite recently and congratulations Stephen very nice. that was brilliant it was very nice of the club and whoever's idea was to do that uh, I know certainly they had one a couple of years ago there was nothing last year so it was nice to see do you know what was nice about it, Paul? It was, it was players um, who played way before I was even born. Yeah. Uh, some of the players who played back in the early 1900s who have passed away and their families were telling stories. Ah. So you just get a different mm -hmm. insight of what the football club meant. You know, how long people spent at a club. You know, John Sealer Hunter, I think, was there something like 30-odd years, a guy who, who I didn't know about, mm -hmm. the stand opposite the main stands named after him. So just to get an insight from so many people about the club, what it means to them and their family, Good times and bad times and tough times. It was really nice. That's about I took from it. So it was nice to be in that kind of company. You're one of the many, the great Motherwell captains. <laughs> Who, who's the greatest captain that you admired? Either that you played under, played alongside, mm. or looked to in football? Well, I, I, a good friend of mine was captain of Northern Ireland. I played a guy called Aaron Hughes. And I liked Aaron because he, he commanded respect. Um, he wasn't vocal. He wasn't loud. It was how he played and how he portrayed himself, how he, he trained and everything he'd done was so professional that people wanted to follow his lead. You know, mm -hmm. so there's different ways of doing it. Um, you know, I look at someone like Roy Keane. You know, I, I, I grew up watching Manchester United and you think he was the one player that drove players on in the pitch. He was vocal, he was, I wouldn't say threatening or bullish, but he had that mentality and that siege well, was, mentality about him that he drove. <laughs> he pulled people with him. If he didn't go with him, then you were out. You know, so I, 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 I'm not too sure there's too many of those about nowadays. Yeah. I think the whole captain thing's changed a little bit. Roy Keane, you played I, against him quite a few times. Played against yeah. him and with him. Um, he came to Celtic for the last yeah. six months of his career. Of played in his testimonial. Roy was great, um, fantastic captain, mm. trophy holes he won. Everyone, nobody go near him, would they? Nobody go tackle him. John, who are the great captains then that you played under? Yeah, well, for me, um, I've been very lucky, Paul. I played, I played with uh, some fantastic captains. He's no longer with us, of course. With Wales, it was Gary uh -huh. Speed. Uh, you know, bless him and um, yeah. his family and everything. He was 10-year anniversary years. a couple of months ago. There, yeah. He was a great captain, led by example. And the, the best one of all for me would, 
and a lot of Arsenal players would say this was was the great Tony Adams. He was captain of Arsenal and yep. captain of England at the same time, and uh, he was a real leader of men. Do you know, Paul? Yep. And I just think that you know it, it's not leadership, right? Leaders, what leaders do is leaders don't like punch the the doors mm-hmm. and headbutt the walls when they go out to play. They they lead by example. Mm-hmm. They just stand up and they go yep. and they do it, and other people follow naturally and that's what Tony did he was a man amongst men that's what he was you know he was a man born to lead if you similar to Martin Johnson the England rugby union yep. captain mm-hmm. Alan Shearer again a wonderful Shearer. leader yeah. um, and Tony was like that and the senior players that's what yeah. I judge it on mm-hmm. the, the, the likes of the back four there you had, you had Adams who finished off uh, sorry you had Dixon who finished off yep. making 600 appearances mm-hmm. for uh, Nigel Winterburn Steve Bold you know, players like this, Paul Merson, yeah. they all looked up to Tony. Yeah. So that tells you something. It wasn't just me who was 19 arriving at the club as yeah. a teenager looking up to him, which naturally I would. Mm. It was the reaction to the senior players. The manager, George Graham, would allow him to speak. Another Lanarkshire man. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and sort of almost do the team talk before. Yeah. While we had to address this team, things like this. <laughs> that, that's what stands out for me. And Tony Adams fought his demons, didn't he? And he talked about them and he's done brilliantly. Brilliant. He's, helped, he's helped yeah. so many other people mm-hmm. with um with his um with his charity yeah. as well. Um he's got the sporting clinic down at uh, down at um Forest Mere yeah. there in Southampton. Sporting Chance is yeah, actually yeah. called. Yeah. We're talking about this because of uh Obama Yang stripped of the captaincy today at Arsenal. And we're asking John and Stephen, who are the greatest captains people they look to? I'm just looking at Aaron Hughes's uh, record there. Over 200 games for Newcastle. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, he was at Hearts. I thought he was at Hearts. He was at Hearts well. towards the end of his just, career. Just that's right. Yeah, I think right Aaron to the end. played probably around yeah. 400 or 500 Premier League games. Yeah. You know, which tells you an awful Aston lot. Villa. You know, Fulham. As a central defender, the people <coughs> yeah. wouldn't know an awful lot about. Yeah. You know, but just how he yeah. conducted himself. George Wright, right. silence, silence. Yeah. It's intimidating because you think mm. this guy means business. Yeah. And that's exactly, he was so focused on what he was doing that we all just kind of went with him. A great captain for Northern Ireland, Stephen. You'd know him as Alan McDonald. A oh, big Mac, yeah, of course. Big <coughs> not Mac, with yeah. us anymore. No, he's big not. Alan, no. It, QPR. But, yeah, Big Mac was a great guy. What a magnificent yeah. captain. And, Smashing and guy as well. I can't forget Saturday, Paul, either. No, of course. I'm going to come back to that, John. Can we yeah. do it later? Yeah. Plus, coming up in this hour on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre, John Hartson is going to sing the Welsh National <laughs> Anthem. Oh, so, what? Oh, you are. We'll, get, we'll maybe get a wee cup of tea or something. Do you want tea or what would you like? I'm, I'm sure we'll get a cup of tea. Is that possible? <laughs> We'll get Frank McAvenny to come in and do it. He's been listening in there. Good to hear him listening in. Jim White was on as well. Came back on and enjoyed that. We're going to go back on the lines now. 0808 17 17 700. Uh, We're talking Borussia Dortmund coming to town. And uh, Claudio Reyna, you'll remember him well. John, you played against him. Stephen, you played yeah. against him too. And your younger days, maybe was it? Yeah, were did, you yeah, were. Yeah. You just yeah, played did, against yeah. Now, his son is the, the godson of Giovanni. Van Bronckhurst and so Gio spoke about Gio today. We visited him I think, uh, one and a half years ago, watched one of the games for the Dortmund games, been in contact with his dad Claudio and we're good friends so uh, hopefully he can come uh, to the games as well. You know a very special moment for both of us. Being the professional we are, you know we want to be the best for our, our, our clubs which is normal but uh, you know for me it's really special because uh, I've known Gio for his whole life, you know he's named after me so they could, won't come better like uh, like that. Scott's on the line of Rangers fans, Scott's a great wee story isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that until I left at the press conference so yeah it's um, 
Yes, that is obviously it'd be. Obviously, he'd be supporting Dortmund in most games, but hopefully not in the one coming up. <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's a professional. Um, everyone's impressed, I think, by GVB since he arrived. Um, just missing out in the cup final was that a mistake? I suppose maybe you don't care now. It's gone, Scott. Uh, what do you want to say? What about this? Uh, the upcoming games in February against Borussia. I think Dortmund was the only team I didn't want. I would have taken Barca because they're like mm-hmm. seventh in the league and nowhere but they are. I think Leipzig was probably the second hardest team we could have mm-hmm. was one of the harder teams we could have got, but they're like eleventh and just at the manager. But yeah, Dortmund with Haaland, probably in my opinion, the second best strike, maybe third best strike in the world. Coming to Ibrox, it's not going to be a fun watch for Rangers fans. But obviously, you need to beat the best if you want to go far mm-hmm. in Europe at this point. Who are the best two strikers for you? I think Lewandowski's obviously up there, yeah. and I'm a massive Cristiano Ronaldo fan so I just have to see him yeah. even though probably not at the moment but you can't you can't deny his legacy really and Mo Salah surely he must be you know in current form you'd imagine Scott somewhere along the line Mo Salah Liverpool fans will be shouting at the radio thinking Salah you know, his goal scoring record's phenomenal yeah obviously I think Salah at the moment is the best player in the world but I don't class him as a striker I class him as a winger Right. So I don't think he falls into that category. Okay. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not. Yeah. No, no, that's not your choice. Your choice. Scott, it's a great, it's the glamour tie, isn't it? Everyone's talking about it though. Borussia Dortmund against Rangers. First tie is away. Scott, do you think you'll you'll get a ticket for the game here at Ibrooks? Uh yeah, I'll be at Ibrooks with my season ticket. And so, if uh, Nicola lets us, I'll be in Germany. Well, hopefully we will be. Surely we will be. Uh, Scott, what, what what are you looking then to take from the game realistically? What do you think? I think it's difficult playing away first. I'd rather play mm-hmm. at home first with the fans behind us. Get get us that because the game could be over after the first leg, and it's a dead rubber at home. You don't really want a dead rubber at home because I, I, if it's first leg, I think Ibrox crowd pushes. Maybe a draw, maybe a sneaky victory. But going away first, I think it's, I think it's harder, especially coming up with a team like Dortmund. So John, you especially with no away yeah. goals now as well. Right. Scott, would you would you be a slightly more confident now going away? I know you said you'd prefer a home tie, but the fact is you went to Leon um, in Game Six and performed very very well. Um, I, I know at the particular time Leon had won the group and everything else, and you were second. Um, or was it third? Sorry, second, 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 second yeah. of course, because you qualified. Um, so, would you feel a bit more confident after that dis- display in in Leon, where you were very good, in particular defensively? Yeah, I think I think there was the Leon game though. As you said, it was a bit of a dead rubber. Yeah, they, yeah. Made, they made eight changes. I think we made six. Mm-hmm. Both teams weren't really going for it, but I thought hopefully Dortmund would. Hopefully, it's still close in the Bundesliga, and they are more concentrated on that than the league. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of teams. Take the don't take the Europa League as seriously as we would. So hope that's that's hope that's hoping more than anything. I think at this point. But yeah, if they're on form, we're very difficult to stop players like your Haaland, your Royce, Royce those kind of that high top quality kind of player. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's good to see or, or for the manager to see Scott what he needs to improve on and what kind of quality player he has because no doubt Rangers will have aspirations. Of course, if they win the league, you're automatically become a Champions League team next year. If they don't win the league and they finish second, they still have to go through qualifying. So if they want to get back into that kind of competition in amongst the company of the Champions League, I think this is a real good test to see what his players have, what he still needs within his squad and how he can work in the shape of his team a little bit better against a really strong team. Scott, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, it was for yeah, you, Scott, sorry. sorry. 
Aye, so yeah, obviously playing against a high cap, as I said, it's like you beat the best if you want to be the best. And I think we played against a very, maybe just slightly worse team in Leverkusen a couple of years ago. Obviously, they had, they had Kai Havertz, Liam Bailey, and that, part, that high quality player at that time. And I thought we were actually quite, I know the game ended 3 1, but I thought we were fairly unlucky on the night. I thought their keeper had a very good game. Even Leon at Ibrooks this season, I thought their keeper was one of the better players. Mm-hmm. So we have performed against very good teams, but I think this Dortmund team is a step above. But yeah, I've, I've got a confidence with most games. We haven't really, with the teams we played in Europe, we haven't beaten heavily at all, really. Yep. Uh, so I'm slightly confident, but I think it will, obviously it will be hard because they are they yep. have got world-class players. going to ask you about tomorrow night, Scott. Let's hear from the manager, though. What about the injury situation? What about Kemar Roof? Yeah, well, Kamara, as I said back again, you know, with the injury, so uh, probably, you know, we're almost, almost, you know, the end of the the games before the winter break will be for him. Hopefully, will be fit before it, but you know, it's uh, not sure yet. So we should have uh, definitely have him back after the winter break. So it sounds as though he'll be out for mm-hmm. a while, maybe not even make it for January the second. Although we're not sure. I mean, the way Sakala is playing uh, with Morelos, you must be impressed by the way they played at the weekend. Yeah, I think obviously that's the advantage of having a big squad for the quality. Yeah. We can rotate, we can play Sakala through the middle, maybe Scott Wright on out wide. Mm-hmm. Even even Defoe now is not a coach, he's a player. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Defoe maybe start, maybe come on the morning night. Because I think I don't think St. Johnson are on great form at the moment. So yeah, I think we do have a big squad and I think that's what will tip us over the edge when it comes towards the end of the season compared to Celtic who've got their own Injury issues at the moment. For sure. We'll hear more on the Celtic injuries in a minute. Stephen, uh, what about Ryan Jack? Let's hear first from the manager. I was happy with him because he came back. No, he didn't play a lot. We could give him some minutes to play before the game against Lyon. The last training session, he he just had a moment again, really like almost uh, at the end of the session. You know, he was, uh, of course, disappointed, but, you know, he felt it wasn't as bad as he, uh, as he had before. So hopefully we get him uh, a, a quick recovery for him. You know, I'm sure that he will be with us in the next couple of weeks to train again. Stephen, everyone wants to see him back. Yeah. yeah, I think it's quite concerning, actually, that, you know, when he seems to get himself near fitness, then it seems to have little um, disappointments. He can't seem to, you know, get himself fit where he can go and get a, a run of games together. I think it's sure when he came on, I think, who was the game he came on? It'd be... Whatever game he came back was at Ross County for some reason it's coming to my mind that you know he got a really good reception from the supporters. I think they appreciate what he's all about. So let's hope it is just a, a minor setback because first and foremost, you know, John and I played football. We played it for years, and there's nothing better than you know you train all week for that buzz on a Saturday, and suddenly you get this stage where you think it's close, then it slips away from you. You think it's close, and it slips away. It must be mentally, it must be really challenging for Ryan Jack. Yeah, I think that's why Rangers might be just taking their time with him. I know he's made one or two little cameo appearances, but um, he's such a big player for Rangers in terms of uh, leadership and everything else. And he gets the odd goal. Um, so it's very important when he, when Giovanni Van Bronckhorst brings him in that, that he then brings him in to have a run of games and he doesn't get setbacks. You know, similar to what's happened to Celtic with James Of Fowler. course, we have going to speak to you about that. Scott, what's your scoreline tomorrow night? Rangers and Johnson? I think it'll be a comfortable 3-4-0 win. And you think it'll stay at four points, Celtic to win at Ross County, do you think? Is that, are they away at Ross County? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Ross County. It's that dingwall. Yeah. You never know, because Ross County are, <laughs> Ross County are an yeah. odd team this season in terms of form. 
but I think Celtic will just have enough all the way towards Judgment Day. Barry Ferguson last night on this programme and Go Radio said he thinks it will go. There'll still be four points between them. They're going to win their games, Rangers and Celtic, between now and then. Mm. And for the media, you're part of the media now, John, the media. Yeah. Uh, that's what you'd want to see, wouldn't it? Keep it the Absolutely, four points. Absolutely, it's, a, it's yep. a race. A race. It it's is. a race. It wasn't a race last season. Yep. I mean, many races before last season. But this season, I think I think it'll go down to the wire. Watch the tonsils. John Hartson will be singing the Welsh uh-huh. anthem before seven. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre tonight. We're with Stephen Cragen, John Hartson, Paul Cooney. Loads of your calls on 08, 08, 17, <clears throat> 17, 700. So much happening in football here, elsewhere. But tonight, Hibs against Dundee. We'll give you the team news quite soon. Hibs still under the guidance of David Gray, uh, who, well, the former player, still playing. Is he still playing? Yeah, Stephen. No, he he's not in the it, summer. Uh, well he retired in the summer. You've All always got the facts and, stuff. and figures. I love yeah. it. So, but what a career he's had. So he's in charge tonight. We expect it's going to be Sean Maloney who will be yeah. in the dugout at yeah. Hamden on Sunday along with Gary Caldwell, ex-Hibs and Celtic. Yeah, well, David Gray would, would be hoping with his connection with Hibs that whoever the next manager would mm. be. Now, I know it's the next manager's prerogative who mm. they bring in. Um, they bring in people that they want to trust. Mm. Um I'm sure it'd be disappointing for David Gray because he would probably think that whoever comes in would, would give him an opportunity to be on the staff somewhere. And they might. That's what you're hoping. That's what you're hoping. Continue you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? But listen, it's it's going to be Sean's prerogative who he decides, you know. Um, I'll tell you, a win tonight though would be great yeah. for him. Uh, Stephen, what do you think is going to happen? Well, a win for the club. Yeah, they need first and foremost. When you've won one of your last eleven league, or sorry, one of your last eleven games in all competitions, uh, then it, it becomes sorry, it's two in the last eleven because they beat uh, St Johnston in the league. It's imperative that the players get a lift. It's been a tough spell. You consider, you know, the the two games that they've had to play extra because Livingston and Ross County were called off because of COVID issues. Paul, it's been squeezed into the month of December. That was the one thing that Jack Ross was furious about when he realised December, I think that's something like nine or ten games in December. So it's caught up with him a little bit, but they need to beat Dundee tonight. They need some sort of lift for morale to try and pick mm. them up heading into Sunday's game. And as you know, a win tonight and they're one point off Aberdeen and they're one point off the top yeah. six. And and yet Jack Ross is gone, but that's history yeah. now. How do you think Sean Maloney will do if he's the new manager? If we're honest, we don't know. Mm. Because, because there's no track record of what he's done before. You know, and it's great in theory, you know, working as a coach or assistant manager and working behind someone and watching what they do, then suddenly all eyes are on you. You're taking the sessions, you're the voice, you're the leader that has to try and guide these players along the way. So Sean's clearly been planning for it. He's done his licence. He's worked with some great people. But he will learn more about himself after a couple of days as a manager than what he will do as a coach or assistant manager because you are under the spotlight. You're in the cool face of it. You have to go and deliver. And let's be honest, Hibs is a big job. Hibs is not a project where you go in and mess about and, and try and improve. <coughs> Hibs expect to be in the top four playing European football, winning cup finals, playing in cup semi-finals. That's what they expect. So Sean's going to have to hit the ground running and try and pick it up. However, they're in such a bad run, maybe now it's the time to go in and try and flip it around. From De Bruyne the Deutsch yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few of them there John uh, he's obviously got something though hasn't he so well, yeah, Martinez and, wouldn't and have had him for so long no that's right and he would have worked alongside Roberto Martinez 
Swansea, Everton, Wigan, Belgium. Vast experience at international level as mm -hmm. well as 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 well as the leagues. Um, Premier League, of course, with Everton. Uh, championship with Wigan and Swansea. FA but, Cup. Well. <clears throat> FA Cup win as well. I think they beat Man City 1-0, I believe, in that cup final. They yep. were massive underdogs. But what... What Sean will do, I would imagine, I've never managed, but I would imagine like any other manager that goes into a, a new club, he'll have his, he'll want to implement his philosophy, his style on the team. But I think initially, you have to have a look at what you've got. You have to have a look at what you've got. You've got to respect in terms of what, what formation they're playing. Do they play three at the back, four at the back? You know, do they play four, three, three or... Four four one one, whichever way. Yeah. Sean will have his fa favorite way of looking at the game, yeah. and how he wants to set his team up. That might take him a little while. Um, he has got the January window coming up. Maybe Hibbs might have said, "We've got this and that. We can, we can, we can give you a little bit of a budget if you want to. If you want, if you've got your eye on one or two players." But I would imagine that that's what Sean will. That's the way you'd have to address it because you have his own ideas. You'd have picked up so much. Yeah. He had picked up so much experience on how to go about starting games and making mm. making changes in games, change, changing the system, you know, things like this. Because Roberto Martinez, he's yeah. they're working with fantastic players. And what's he like personally? Sean. Yeah. Quiet. Mm -hmm. um, very unassuming lad. Mm -hmm. Don't say much. Quiet confidence. Yeah, confident. Yeah, yeah remember mm -hmm. he was in the Celtic first team at 24, 25. Yeah. He was a wonderful player, playing with really good players player around of the him. Year. Yep. Yeah, so no, that won't be an issue for yep. Sean. Um, he was quiet. Mm. I've not read. Really, I saw him a couple of weeks ago when Wales drew one-one with Belgium yeah. in Cardiff. Sean <laughs> came over in the warm-up for a little chat. But for me, it was a case of he, the more he learns, the more confident he'll get. And he wouldn't take the job if he didn't feel that he could go in and, and have an impact on Hibs. But you're the key yeah, there, John, just Stephen, just yeah. briefly is. You know, he'll have so many ideas in his head. There's so many things he'll want to put across to the players. The last thing you want to do when you go in and take your first job is complicate, yeah. uh, complicate it and, and, and confuse the players with information overload. So that's yeah. something that, particularly with, a, you know, if he takes over in the next 24 hours, he's, he's preparing for a cup final. He's got could, to try and simplify it as much as he possibly can. For could him. be Friday, Stephen. That's the latest. It should be announced by Friday. It has the hallmarks of something that is happening. Um, we're going to speak more, for, hear more from Ange Postacoglu in a moment or two and a bit more from Van Bronckhurst as well from Geo. We've got the Hibs team for tonight. It's Macy in goal, of course. McGinn, Hanlon, they're both back. The captain, Porteous, Stevenson, Doyle Hayes, Newell, Boyle, Campbell, Cadden and Nisbet. And Stephen, you'll be furiously working at how they'll, uh, no, well, how they'll line up. It's one change yeah. from the team that beat Rangers in the semi-final to simplify things. Josh Doig isn't even on the bench, so there could be an injury. He didn't play at yeah. the weekend. And Lewis Stevenson will play, uh, whether it's a left wing back or whether it's a left back and a four. You would think it would be a 3-5-2. I would imagine that's how Hibs will, will certainly look to line up on Sunday in the cup final. I know the, the cup final is, isn't the most important thing tonight. Clearly getting the three points is. However, you have to plan for moving forward into the cup final. So with Nisbet and Boyle as the front two, because Rangers back four problems, even, you know, David Gray, if it's him, or, or, or Sean Malone, if he's watching, will think that front two could cause Celtic's two central defenders problems if they're left 1v1. So. John? Have they won since beating the Rangers in the semi-final? Yeah, they, they beat St. Johnson. Right, the, the one, just, the just one, a one game that in, was the one game. Win. in the last six, yep. or six is it? The game, the game after the cup, the cup semi-final, so they went to Ross County and lost by 1-0. As yeah. predicted by Davy Proven. Yeah, they beat St. Johnson on the Saturday 2-1 yep. after... 
who was sent and off then, Craig Bryson and then, sent and then lost the rest have drawn mm. a couple yeah, not they, one since that's in Johnson okay we're in Glasgow zone we'll stick to let's go to Rangers a bit more in Celtic in a moment uh, Giovanni van Bronckhurst speaking about two of the prize assets Joe Arebo player of the day at the weekend although you could say maybe McGregor as well the two goal victory against Hearts Joe Rebo and Ryan Kent so the new manager what about the contracts and the deals for these players you play really well uh, of course you have interest in, in your players you know I want to my my players perform really well you know when they perform really well with a club like Rangers interest will come but uh, of course, we will look into the, the contracts as well. As I said uh, before, I think they're a true important part of the team. You know, I think I'm very positive about them. I think the club is also positive about uh, the players. Eventually, when you're both happy, you can, uh, you can sign a new deal. But we have to see in the coming months uh, how we progress with them. John, you played at the highest level in Scotland with Celtic and also with Arsenal, West Ham. Yeah. What about, let's say, Joe Rebel? You know, the jungle the jungle drums are saying, oh, clubs in England want him. How do you think he would do there? We, we don't want him to go from, no, from Scotland, but, but well, what do you think? Well, new manager coming in, like um, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, he wants to keep his best players. <clears throat> he does want to weaken the team as soon as, as soon as he's through the door. And he would have seen Joe Rebo, because he would have followed Rangers, not every single week, but he'd have, he'd have known. He'd know if he doesn't know, he'd be, he'd be getting on top of how he's, how he's been playing. Ryan Kent, I think, is arguably one of the best players that they have. On his day, he can win you a game. And he certainly won't want to lose his best players. You know, there's there's certain players in that team that he'd want to keep, like the likes of Kamara. Um, Morelos, for me, is is the one, if they are going to sell a player, um, he might be the one in terms of uh, leaving the football club to, to, to try and get one or two players nailed down on a contract he looked um, better at the weekend didn't he a bit more like his old self would you yeah, say because he's if, been off if, the ball if Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Joe Van Bronckhurst can yep. get the best out of him then that, that, that that's great for all parties mm-hmm. but oh, oh, the point I would like to make is is that he doesn't want to come to a football club like he has as an ex-player everybody's excited he's won five out of his first six games or whatever mm-hmm. you know he's, he's turned it around because under Steven Gerrard there was like iffy performances and this season I mean but he's come in. Everybody thought there might be a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a, you know, he, he might. Uh, but he's picked up the form. They're playing well. They're on a good run. One last thing he wants to hear is, we have to sell one of our best sure. players. You want to keep your mm. best players. Stephen, he will have assurances from Douglas Park mm-hmm. and from the board. Uh, what do you think? I mean, there's two things there: Aribo and Kent. Undoubtedly, they could they could make it in England. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I think they both. Uh, come January, could both get 18 months left in their contracts. So the decision has to be made quickly. Are you signing? Because if you're not, next summer is when they have to get optimum value of their player. If they let the contracts run beyond that, Paul, then their their appreciation starts to go down a little bit. And quite clearly, Rangers need player trading. You know, Stuart Robertson has said it. He doesn't need said it doesn't need to be in January. It may not be in the summer, but at some stage, Rangers need player trade. Out, it can't always be coming in the way. So they get maximum value for Alexa Joe Rebo and Ryan Kent if they're not going to stay. Because all the chat's been around Morelos and Kamara and Kent. Joe Rebo has really raised his game this year. He's mm. the one player now that Rangers fans, when he's in the team, they think we've got a good chance today. We can win because he's a star man. Impact player, isn't he? Yeah, he's exciting. I like yeah. Him. Yeah. Reminds you a bit of Rogic, the way he's playing as well. The way he dances yeah, through. I agree with isn't you. Yeah. yeah. Um so I, I would say Rogic has got a little bit more. Yeah, you would just say in that. Terms, you would say not, that, John. Just in terms of his guile, just <laughs> yeah. in terms of his guile, sure. yeah. the way that he can 
strong he brushed it. You see his goal at Dundee United. I just think Rogic in the last in the last sort of ten months, four or five months, Rogic has come on to being at his best. For the first time in a long Arebo time. Rebo last yeah. season, by the way, a million miles ahead of Rogic. Rogic was having a difficult yeah. time. Rogic's got a manager sure. that trusts him. But what yeah. he's, and what Andrew's done with Rogic is he's, he's producing some of his best performances now again. So that Rogic for me is ahead of Arebo. But certainly in the last you know, few months uh, before that, Arebo was on a different level last season. Ange Postacoglu was asked today about COVID. Obviously, it's been talked about everywhere. We heard the First Minister speak at two o'clock today. We've been encouraged. Christmas isn't cancelled, mm-hmm. but people to be very careful. Let's hear what uh, AP had to say about it. You've seen this year the difference in having fans and, you know, for the people who experienced it without fans, it's... It's a different beast altogether, you know. The game changes. I really, I really believe that. I think the way the, the players play, the way the intensity of games changes with our crowds there, and you know, for us, our, our support is a massive part of this football club. And uh, you know, I'm hoping that regulations are, are tight, but it doesn't affect or it doesn't impact our supporters coming to see the game. Yeah, they certainly missed the fans last season. What about the cup final? He was asked. We've got a game to win tomorrow night. That's my focus. And, and, and you know, I think from my perspective, we understand the significance of the weekend game, but we can't dismiss that three points tomorrow night are, are very significant for us as well and a good performance against, you know, a pretty tough opponent away from home. So, as always, I'm going to put out a team that I think can win the game for us. Um, and then after that, we'll dust ourselves down and, and sort of assess what's available for us for the weekend. Um, that sort of mentality has served us well so far in, in this last couple of months in terms of how we've tackled every game and we'll continue to do that. John, that is going to be tough tomorrow night though for Celtic at Dingwall. How did you like playing there? Or did you? Um, I'm not sure they were Maybe, that, that no, highest. I don't no, think they were. Inver- 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 Inverness, many times. Um, played at Inverness. That's right. It was, it was just after your period that yeah, uh, yeah. Dingwall yeah, came up. The Staggies. Uh, yeah. Yep. But, they, you know, again, Stuart Kettlewell went in there. Um, yep. And then, obviously, before that, it was... Um, uh, it was uh, the boy who went to Plymouth. It was Adams? Oh, yeah, of course, Adams, yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then. Um, but do you think Celtic are going to do it tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. always fancy Celtic to go and win games of football. I think if, if um, even at the weekend, uh, you know, against Motherwell, Rogic could have scored a hat trick. You know, and Motherwell did well. Mm. I, I think they they came. They had a real goal, which is which is great to see. You know, they don't just put ten men behind the ball and try and. Try and frustrate Celtic, stop them scoring, because eventually, you know, the good teams will break you down. Um, but they came and had a goal, Motherwell, at the weekend. But still, they created enough chances, Celtic, to go and win, to go and win the football match. Okay, it was only one nil, but Rogic could have, could have got a hat trick. You'd be worried about James Forrest. We spoke about Ryan Jack earlier. Um, James oh, Forrest. Yeah, I worry about yeah. injuries in general, yeah. not just James Forrest. It, oh, is, it, is it going to be somebody else tonight? There's, mm. there's been quite a few hamstring injuries. You know, uh, a Yeti hamstring, uh, Giacomacchus calf, um, Kyogo mm. hamstring, James Forrest, I'm not quite sure what the hamstring, uh, what the injury is. Is it the intensity of the it's, play? Well, it's, it, it, they're stress-related injuries, aren't yeah. they? You know, hamstrings, that's what they say. So I don't worry about them mounting up because at some stage, um, Celica coping now because they just seem to have enough to get through and win games every week. And I, I, I you know, I feel the same about tomorrow night. And then, uh, as Anne said, he just has to patch the team up and uh, go again at the weekend. That that's just the attitude. Um, but that's why you know you you want to see some more uh, 
some more quality players arriving in January. Malky Mackay, he has done a remarkable job, hasn't yeah. he? Have the fans taken to him finally had a really tough start? Yeah, well, it's naturally if you're not winning games, then then you know the, the pressure of the crowd start to build. And I have to say, you know, the tipping point came, they played Livingston. Uh, Livingston scored in the 95th minute to beat them 3-2 in Dingwall. And three days later, he had to take him to Dundee. Yeah. And they yep. went and 1-5-0. So that was a big sea change in mentality, Paul, because that game could have went the opposite way. So I think from then, they've started to trust themselves and believe in themselves. And it's tough as a manager, you know, having to pick your players up within three days when they've just lost an 85th minute goal. You're playing against the team second bottom. To go and do that tells you more about the manager and the players in the squad. Since then, I have to say, they've cut out a lot of individual errors. That was really hurting them at the start of the season. So they've cut out a lot of individual errors. They're getting a little bit of luck. And they're winning games. Quick break and then we're back and John will be singing the Welsh Anthem. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Don't miss out on huge savings on your new taxi. Available exclusively to the taxi trade. Let's go, 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 go. You've all been on asking. John earlier on gave us a rendition of Flower of Scotland and many people asking, John Hartson, Welsh international legend, Give us a few bars from the Welsh right. anthem that you're so proud. Well, I don't know what you're trying to do to yeah. me on this show, but there we are. <laughs> anyway, I'll go right. Right, my hen lad vanadai an an oily me glad by the chantorion en wogion ovri I go all ravel weir Glad gar wir tramad, dros ravid gos lasant, ein glad, 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 plaid yon oivim glad, tramor an vir, in beer hof by, o ba the dear henyaith. <laughs> there we are. Thank you, John Hartson. Thank you. My R- pleasure. And if there's anybody still listening, we are on till seven. Be careful, Stephen Craig. We might get him to sing the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, might, I might do the Irish one. Uh, yeah, 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 you never know. John, thank you. My pleasure. Mate. Up for the cup. You're welcome. Man. John Hartson. Always a good life here. By yeah. the way, I'm sober yeah. as well. Paul. I know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So we gave you the Hibs team for tonight, Stephen. We've got the uh, Dundee lineup as well. Have you got it there? I've I don't. Got it here. I'm, no, I'm, I've got it here. So yeah, probably similar. There's one uh, change from the weekend. I think uh, Charlie Adam got injured him off. Uh, Legsdens, Kerr, Marshall, Fontaine, Sweeney, mm-hmm. McGee, Mullen, McGowan, McCowan, McMullen, and Anderson. Yeah, I think yeah. the one change just off the top of my head is Charlie Adam out. Uh, he got injured of off early in the yeah. game, and Jordan McGee comes in. So it's, it's interesting because they lost 3-2 at Ross County. They actually played quite well and could have scored a few more. Yep. But defensively, they were awful. They gave up some really cheap goals. So James McPake will want to you know, make sure that mm. gets close tonight. Cummings and Griffiths on the, the bench. Is it all over for Griffiths? He's not coming back. There was speculation that he would be coming back to Glasgow. Because Celtic, yep. of course, this week, you know, they had no recognised striker. Mm. Did it work for them, do you think, with uh, Turnbull, false nine? Or, or was well, he a badder? Or? It's difficult because David's... David's used to playing up against people, you know, but it's midfield players. He's not used to playing up against aggressive centre-halves. But I thought the two of them dovetailed very well. Tom Rogic took up some really strong positions. He played off the back of the Motherwell midfield, 
but he didn't play close enough to the Motherwell centre half so they would come and pick him up so he picked up lovely little pockets of space he was driving at them he was causing them problems you know whether you get away with that against the Rangers for example you probably wouldn't you know they lacked that pace up top they lacked that dynamism to stretch the Motherwell back line um, but certainly, you know, and you have to take into consideration that a couple of days to work on it, Paul. You know, if it's something yeah. they had three or four weeks to work on, it would be perfect. However, it worked on the day. They got the result. It sounds as if Kyogo isn't far away. So uh, I would imagine tomorrow night will be something similar, but you'd imagine Sunday that we might not be back for the final. Here's the manager speaking. AP, I think we're calling him, John, aren't we? <laughs> Ange Postacoglu speaking about Ross County tomorrow night. You know, I think they've improved a lot since then. I think Malcolm Mackay's done a, a super job with them. I think probably... When we played him, I think most people probably would have written them off for this year with the start to the season they had. And probably you know, they had a lot of young players in the team when, when we played them. So, um, But they've they've improved. And the results probably don't reflect their improvement because the games I've watched, um, they've been good value. It's always a good barometer how where the team score goals, the ones who are down the bottom, because most of the time, you know, teams will just fight for survival and, and try and get uh, wins, you know, with with minimum risk. But, you know, they've gone at games and, and credit to them and... We expect a, a tough game tomorrow night. Celtic will start on 38 points, four behind Rangers. Uh, Ross County, 14 points along with St Johnson. So second top against second bottom. What's your scoreline for tomorrow night, John? Um, again, Paul, I, all, I always fancy to win. You know, you would only get um, a loss for me if it was a, if it was in, in Europe yeah. against a really tough... I think Celtic have the quality. Rangers have quality. And I think generally when, you, when you're up against the other Scottish Premiership teams, I think the budget, yes, of course, if you're not quite at it and the opposition play exceptionally well, then they can win, you know, you, you can lose, you can come unstuck. I played in a great Celtic team. We lost many games because we weren't quite at it. It can happen. But I just feel under Hans Postacoglu, the mindset is right going into every game. Um, I always I always think Celtic can win and I think they'll win again tomorrow night. By a couple of goals or...? Uh, yeah, I think... Because Celtic... I listened to Craig's end, you know, talking about... James Forrest, Liam Kelly made a great save from James Forrest in the first mm-hmm. minute at the weekend. James Forrest should have scored. He's, he's five yards out. Mm-hmm. Um, McGregor played him through. If that goes in, Motherwell chase the game, Celtic can go and win three or four. Rogic could have scored a hat-trick. Mm-hmm. Um, Motherwell had their opportunities as well. So... How many goals tomorrow? Um, I'll, I'll say Celtic 2 0. I think you know the key is John Sennett there is trying to break the resistance early on. Yeah, you know, Ross County will have a game plan, they'll want to be hard to play against, they'll want to frustrate as most teams want to do when you play Celtic or Rangers. So, the key is can you make the breakthrough early? Because if you don't, then they start to build in confidence a little bit and start to believe in themselves a little bit more. That's why at the weekend against Motherwell, scoring right on half time. Yeah. You know, for the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, Motherwell couldn't recover. You know, they were still probably feeling sorry for themselves because they thought they got so close to half time. With, with the league as well, this season, everybody knows what's at stake. And Rangers look strong again now yeah. under uh, Van Bronckhurst. Celtic have lost one in 15. And that was only to Bayer Leverkusen. So they're a great run themselves. And you don't want to lose against teams that you're expected to beat. No. You know, well, if you're going to win the title, you have to win. You've got to be consistent. You've got to yeah. be consistent. Last time, because Celtic went to the Highlands. Yeah, they lost one 0 Neil Lennon lost his job. Of course, that was the last time That's they were right. there. Of course, yeah. You know, that okay, was... Celtic are on a different wavelength now February? with regards. Yeah, February was yeah. Wow, was That's right. Time. We remember that that night. So, what's your prediction tomorrow night, Charles Cook? Is he going to well, uh, his feature you know again? He's on fire. He's going to cut the wingers. If you're a young boy on loan from Watford, a boy called Joseph Hungbo, he's dynamic. He's really quick. He's a really good dribbler. 
he's off the cuff he's raw Paul mm. he's one of those players that you want to watch playing because you think something's going to happen when he's on the ball I mean, he can highlights. give it away mm. but he can light the games up so he's one I'm looking forward to seeing and that's the big challenge for those young players can you do it against the best can you do it against mm. the big teams where your team down in England which is Watford he's known from they will set up and take notice huge challenge for Ross County tomorrow night. of course there is I think if they can get themselves at half time still in the game they'll give it a right good go in the second half how's the pitch? Fine, pitch is beautiful. Yeah. Pitch has been really good, good in the highlights. And it's, yeah. a lot, it's had a lot of snow, it's a lot of rain. Oh, has it the I, snow? Yeah. yeah. Craig's just yeah. looking for Ross County tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, has, he has to, you know. No, 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 no I'm always honest. Always. I know you are. Okay, four out of Ross County then. You have been known to take the check from the Celtic TV as well, John Harrison. So I'll face another clatter for you. 110 goals for the club. How many? 110. Yeah, but Stephen, so what do you think is going to happen? What do you reckon? Celtic overwhelming favourites. Yeah. I mean, if they don't win, it's a huge upset. But Ross County have to try and stick to their guns. Be resolute, be hard to play against, frustrate, and hope the next something on the break. Rangers up against St. Johnson at the same time, so you're both going for Celtic. Uh, here's GVB about Rangers St. Johnson. For me, there's no difference if you play against a team who will press you high up or, or defend really deep. Uh, I think our mentality always has to be the same. You know, with the way we wanted to play, of course, the difference is, is technically you should do something different, which is normal. But uh, we prepared the team well enough to also create chances tomorrow against St. Johnston. And that's, you know, what, what, what it's all about. Stephen Craigan, what do you reckon? Top versus bottom? Well, it, it's very similar that St. Johnston will have to be hard to play against because they're not scoring enough goals. So, you know, against Celtic in, in, the, in the League Cup semi-final, I thought they were excellent with regards to shape and their discipline. They didn't carry a threat. If you go to Ibrox and don't carry a threat and sit in the edge of your box and hope not to get beat, inevitably, you'll probably lose the game. So at some stage, yes, it's fine being hard to play, but you have to carry a threat. You've got to be able to punch back at some stage, Paul. And that is the challenge that Callum Davidson will be laying down to his players. For Rangers, they don't really care about St. Johnston. Ultimately, they've got their own agenda. They need to win games. They've got three home games. They play at home to St. Johnston, home to Dundee United and home to St. Mirren before they go to Petodre and before they go to Celtic Park. Nine points out of nine is a must. A Rangers well, win, John, do you think? Because I want to ask you about a captain. Well, St. St. Johnson are rock bottom. Well, yep. what, what a time to start winning, Paul. And do you think they might? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm really saying I'll tell you, though, as Stephen no, said... But though, I, I think Rangers yeah. will win the game. Um, yeah. St. Johnson have only won three games all season. So have Ross County, yeah. so have St. Mirren. Mm. Um You've got to win more games than that if, if you've got any Definitely. aspirations of staying yep. this. So, this a Rangers win for you. Rangers win for G me. So, you gave us uh, Tony Adams. You mentioned Frank McClintock before your time as wonderful mm. uh, captains at Highbury. Who's the great Celtic captain that oh, you would look I to? Played in front, I, played, I played with four captains at mm. Celtic. Tom Boyd, when I first yeah. got into the team, great yeah. Celtic man. Tom, quick, good captain, point the finger at people. Mm. Um, Paul Lambert, was another good captain, Paul, great experience and a really top player. Lenny wouldn't let you off with anything. Mm. Neil Lennon, mm. if it come off you, poor touch, bit sloppy, he'd let you know about it. And of course, somebody then who was, wasn't quite as vociferous mm -hmm. uh, was Jackie McNamara, who was yeah. a great captain, played in a numerous positions for numerous positions for Celtic, a wonderful player, testimonial at uh, 10 years there. Amazing. If you had yeah. to pick one of them as your outstanding Celtic captain, in your time. I'd probably go for Neil only because yep. he was on to me quite a lot. <laughs> he made sure that I was at it most weeks. And if I if I was a bit sloppy, he'd pull me at half time and say, Come on, we need you, get you know, get hold of the ball. And sometimes he would do it and uh, he would get something back as yeah, well. Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, no, Neil's very good, he's a great skipper for the club. 
John Hartson, Stephen Cragen, thanks so much for joining us. Safe journey up to yes. Dingwall for tomorrow, Stephen. And John, thank you for that rendition. Uh, the album will be out for Christmas. What are you doing <laughs> to me, <laughs> ne Next year, tomorrow night, Kenny Miller, Davy Proven, and me, Paul Cooney. We'll see get, you at get five. Kenny, get Kenny to do one well, of them. We might get a few songs yeah, from good, Kenny. You never know. Joe Colday back more with some more great songs next. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.